The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sports book of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Even though Super Bowl is over, there's still plenty to bet on as we're going to get into on this show. And as always, enter promo code SGP50, that's SGP50, for up to a 50% deposit bonus today. Welcome into the Inside Vegas podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 20th, and a real treat for you on this one. Look, uh, I've made no bones about it. This is not my time, of, my favorite time of year when it comes to what is on the sports gambling docket outside of, of maybe some UFC stuff, some golf stuff. Hoops, um, a necessary evil, I would say, for myself in that, you know, need to make money during uh, the off time. Certainly handicap NCAA college basketball regular season a little bit more than the NBA for sure, but uh, definitely not even close to uh, anything that I love to do. And so for this episode, if you guys have heard me talk about over and over about Gambling Winter, we have the official Gambling Winter episode for you. And we are introducing another guy to the SGP uh, family. He is basically going to be taking over um, the written side of the content, which we'll absolutely talk about inside this interview with him. His name is Ryan McKee. Um, he is the senior digital producer of the Late Late Show. As it stands right now, he has worked from everywhere from MTV, MTV2, Nickelodeon, um, and has really um, so, you know, started his career in writing freelancing on men's, you know, men's lifestyle type of magazines when it comes to um, Ask Men, Men's Health, whatever it is when it comes to kind of um, men's interests. He is basically a foreknown expert in specifically with the background in movies and stuff like that. So, this is your official kind of survivor's guide to gambling winter, um, going over all shows that are definitely binge worthy from now until maybe conference tournament time, March Madness, the best sports movies that we talk about, um, the classics, the ones that have come out, you know, with the last year or two and everything and everything for between to kind of get you, um, get you off the schneid and be able to, uh, enjoy a little bit of a break reset, let your friends, family know that they, that you are alive and, um, to spend some time with them and at least watching something that I think you'll both enjoy together. So this is the gambling, uh, winter episode with Ryan McKee. Find him on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. And this is all things sports related movies, shows, and everything in between. And now joining me on the Inside Vegas podcast to get us through this, to be frank, dreary uh, gambling winter, as I not so affectionately call it. Uh, somebody who's coming on to the SGP team. Um, maybe you have seen kind of um, the interactions between uh, Sean, Ryan, myself, um, and him. Maybe you have not, and more of a definite, you know, behind the scenes type of of role um, when it comes to the writing um, and all that content creation side of the house on sportsgamingpodcast.com. Going to be coming over and basically heading up that department and, and really trying to drive um, the writing uh, content distribution of the site. But luckily for us, he has an extensive background and currently still does work in the movies and TV field. So there was no better uh, type of guest that I could think of to really take us through the movies, TV side of stuff, stuff to binge when if the uh, Alliance football isn't your cup of tea, if college basketball and the NBA don't really work for you and you're looking to just take some time off, recuperate, remind your friends and family that you exist after a very long and grinding NFL process up until the uh, even longer 
longer uh, Major League Baseball daily process. Uh, we are welcoming on Ryan McKee, who is the head digital senior, excuse me, senior digital producer of the Late Late Show. Find him on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. Has worked in TV and content producing for for what seemingly for for a very long time, man. And so, cannot thank you enough for taking the time to kind of talk some some movies and TV shows that are geared towards the DFS side, the gambling side, and all things and kind of killing time until basically uh, March Madness and even before that, Major League Baseball comes along. How is everything going in your world, my friend? Uh, it, everything is great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. What, I just want to get kind of your introduction for um, listeners out there and kind of how you, you know, I don't know, go through your life story or anything like that and kind of how you broke into the TV and content distribution platform um, and especially, you know, ending up where you are right now in the Late Late Show. Um, but kind of, you know, what was your um, journey to kind of take you here and kind of, you know, conversing the two worlds of, of sports gambling as a hobby, as in specifically DFS, um, while coming, you know, kind of um, wrapping that up within the TV and uh, movie platforms? Sure. I'll give you an abridged version of uh, how I've gotten here. So I've had a very winding path to get here, uh, as a lot of people in entertainment tend to do, because there's not a straight ladder on how to get to where you might want to go. I read out of college. I graduated with an English degree and had no idea what to do with that. (laughs) So I joined the... um, I. I grew up in a very small town in northern Arizona, and I had some friends who had not gone to college and started immediately working for the Forest Service as firefighters. And they were able to vouch for me uh, to get a summer job uh, on a hotshot crew, of, which is a 20-person uh, fire crew that, that uh, travel all over the western United States uh, on uh, specifically for large complex fires, not first responder fires. And I did that for the first six months after I graduated and made like $20,000. And to a 22-year-old, I thought that was, I was a millionaire. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was so, um, and I kind of just blew that money uh, traveling around Europe and then went back for a second summer I made the same amount of money and decided instead of just blowing it on a Europe trip, I started my own uh, independent comedy magazine. This is in 2000, uh, 2003, 2004, right before, you know, the internet really, t- you know, before the internet was what it is now. There was no MySpace. I think Friendster had just started. There wasn't a, like a lot of blogging platforms available. And so I decided, hey, a great place to put all my money is in a dying industry, print magazines. Um, and But I started this comedy magazine called Modest Proposal. We interviewed a ton of comedians uh, and wrote a lot of humor pieces. That led me into doing stand-up comedy, which led me to Los Angeles. Um, worked out here for a few years on... Uh, writing for various um, projects. I, I did a lot of trivia writing. If you I worked for Trivia Pursuit. I wrote for a game show called Duel, which was hosted by uh, Mike Greenberg, of all people. Um, 
And then I met my now wife, and ever, this was around 2008, and she was moving to New York for a job. So I followed her to New York, and I couldn't, and that was like kind of right the worst time to move to New York because the industry just, you know, uh, the stock market crashed, the industry went to shit, and I couldn't find any writing work except for blog, like freelance blogging for like men's lifestyle sites, like Bro Bible and askmen.com. And, you know, there was a lot of these different men's blogs popping up at that time. So I started doing a lot of that. Eventually that led to me getting hired at MTV to run their uh, men's blog at the time. And, uh, and then working with MTV2 to produce original online content for like young males and did that for four years. And then the James Corden got the Late Late Show gig. And I knew if I had a friend who was one of the first writers hired and he told me they were looking for somebody to help uh, create original online content for the show. And uh, he gave them my name and I got hired to move back to L.A. And I've been here for four years. So basically what you're saying is now that SportsGamingPodcast.com is in your hands, we should pretty much be as big as the Late Late Show, uh, MTV and MTV2 within, what, a year or so? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> do my best. I mean, I love, uh, yeah, I've worked in kind of, you know, men's lifestyle uh, has always involved sports, you know, so I've worked, I've never directly written or edited for a specific sports uh, journalism site, but I've always been around it. Um, and actually, I uh, hired Sean Green as a freelance writer for the MTV blog that I was producing. And, um, and I knew him from way back uh, when I first moved to L.A. and started doing uh, open mic comedy. So I've known Sean probably going back uh, 13, 14 years. Um, and he and I were having a drink at the end of uh, last year. And he's like, you yeah, know, I really need we really want to blow out the site and do more editorial content. I need somebody to help uh, head that up. And I thought, hey, I, I love sports gambling. I, I think that it's just the industry is going to continue to grow. I'm excited to be a part of it. And so I came on board and I'm going to do what I can to uh, make the site as exciting and interesting as possible. I love it, man. And again, all the credentials in the world. So, so happy to have you a part of the SGP team. And, and again, everything you've done kind of speaks for itself. So um, let's shift this over, man. And kind of, you know, either Ryan, me and Sean, we've, we've always talked about doing a, um, you know, a sports movies episode that, you know, gamblers and, and I always usually um, I write this piece, um, which I did last year on, again, what I call gambling 
winter, which is really the period of time that we are in right now. Post Super Bowl, before uh, at least conference tournament time, um, specifically, you know, definitely March Madness, when there's just not a ton on there, if basketball, regular season basketball doesn't interest you. And so I always took this time after the Super Bowl, you know, to traditionally, you know, take a little vacation, try to get out of Vegas, take, you know, just to reset because it's baseball has always been my number one passion. And you know, coming off of football, there's, you know, that nice little break in there. So I kind of take this time to reset a little bit and, you know, the day-to-day stuff kind of um, put off for, you know, a week or so and, and just recharge. And so again, with you having kind of all this background with men's magazines, men, you know, stuff that men uh, want to, um, you know, hear your opinion on, I thought there's no better guess. So let's, we're not going to break down and make this into, you know, the, uh, the SGP's list of the best sports movies of all time. We're going to do more of a current feel to it. We're going to touch on them. Um, we'll, we'll go over kind of our all time favorite classics. And maybe there's some in there that, that people haven't noticed or, or haven't seen outside of, you know, the ones that everyone talk about. If, if you input a simple Google search into best sports movies or gambling movies, um, you're going to, you know, obviously see, see the same ones everywhere, but just because it's not on those lists doesn't mean that they're that, you know, a DFS guy or a sports gambling guy would enjoy them. So when we talk about kind of the all time greats, right. Um, are, do you go for, you know, what are some of your all time favorite great, either gambling or, um, sports movies that aren't necessarily, you don't have to be, you know, new right now, just stuff that kind of stands the test of time that you always get a kick out of watching no matter what. Well, to well, first I wanted to say, like, I, I, I feel you on the uh, gambling uh, winter. Um, I was sitting here last night uh, getting itchy fingers because after the Rising Stars uh, game was over, there was no, like, basketball DFS for me to really dive into. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel you there. Um, and... Um, so movies that I go back to, sports movies, I think my very favorite is Slapshot with Paul Newman. Yep. I, I think there's something about... I, I love stories about the minor leagues for some reason. I think, I think the minor leagues are infinitely more interesting than watching a movie about the major leagues. For I don't know if it's like the underdog idea. Uh, I, I think... It's fun when they're always in these kind of like when they have these sports teams and these small round, you know, random. It's the same thing of of why some people prefer the, you know, college game or or amateur game to the pro level, whether it be they're hungrier, they're not playing for, you know what I mean? So all that type of stuff is definitely the crossover into, you know, movies that, you know, specifically look at non uh, pro style stuff. So completely get what you're saying there. Yeah. I just think Slapstar's one of the, like, it still holds up as one of the funniest sports movies, I think. And, and it's just the absurdity of it, too. I mean, Paul Newman is 51 years old at this point in his life, and yet he's still supposedly uh, the player coach of this team of, like, you know, this small minor league hockey team. Uh, at, and so someone at that level of Paul Newman acting in this silly sports movie it's just, it gets me every time. So that, that's my all-time favorite. 
in keeping with that, man, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention two for the money. And I know guys out here that that's kind of their tradition on the Thursday night opening uh, NFL. If it's that Wednesday or Thursday morning, they watch that movie and they love to hate it. And it's one of those things that the movie <laughs> is so over the top. It is um, the most outlandish version of a depiction on the sports gambling industry you could possibly find. And people <laughs> literally love to hate it. And it's one of those things that's maybe it's it's so bad it's good. But I, I couldn't, you know, maybe this is the one time of the year where where I'll watch it um, as my kind of, you know, as some, I know some guys that watch it uh, right before the football season kicks off, if that's their biggest sport. But this is generally where I'll at least try to, I'll at least watch it once, but it, it's so bad. It's good. And, you know, again, speaking of guys like Newman, I mean, you have Pacino and they're acting as, as effectively uh, Stu Finer as, as the tout of the century and, and Brandon <laughs> Lane is Matthew McConaughey. So it, it's so good. It's bad. And it will stand the test of time basically once a year. And this is where I kind of unplug that, but I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't have it um, or at least touch on it. Do you have any other ones that kind of stand the test of time for you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think white men can't jump also holds up. Um, now that I've watched it like multiple times as an adult, like I can definitely see Wesley Snipes is not as good a basketball player as I thought when I was a kid when I first watched it. Um, but again, it's kind of the amateur sports, you know, the amateur level sports movie, like our, or I, I love the hustle of that movie um, and just the acting is such at a great level, you know? Um, and now I'm not a huge poker guy, so you can call me out on whether or not I should like this movie, but I, I do rewatch rounders a lot. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Love it. And, you know, as Bill, as rightfully so, Bill Simmons gets a lot of um, credit for being, the, you know, one of the godfathers of kind of bringing gambling to the forefront. And he has had the director of Rounders, uh, Matt uh, K. I forget the last name, but um, he also, coincidentally, um, directs the show, uh, my favorite show to binge during this time, Billions. And he yeah. is um, an incredible, incredible uh, director, especially he's probably, if you're looking for a place to start and you're a sports gambler or at least a sports fan that enjoys the kind of games within the games of stuff, whether that be DFS or sports gambling, just, um, again, look through, um, his stuff. I'll pull up, uh, what the, um, his last name was it's his first name is, uh, Matthew, but I am, I am with you, man. He, he is, um, that, that movie is standing the test of time, no matter what there has been long, um, it's been long asked for, um, he, and he himself has really has kind of come out and asked about this or answered this or whether there will or will never be a, um, rounders too. And so that's something that people have really wanted for a very long time. So if that ever comes out, I'm, I'm sure it will. But that is that is probably, along with Two for the Money, a staple in the sports gambling uh, movie industry. So I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, just all the actors in it are, are, are great. Um, you know, uh, Malkovich as this crazy Russian gets me every time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love the seediness of the world, too. Um, and I mean, those, those are, those gotta be my top three of that gambling slash, uh, sports movies that I, yeah. And the, um, that was Brian Koppelman, who was the, um, pretty oh, right, much the right, executive right. Uh, producer. I don't think he directed per se, but had a lot to do with both of those. Um, 
couple more that I wanted to throw out here. Um, we talk about kind of, you know, the non-specific pro style of stuff. Any given Sunday to me is another one that is so bad. It is good. And you can even throw, or I can even throw varsity blues in there as one that stands oh, the test yeah. of time okay. from a comedy perspective. <laughs> varsity blues will always have a very special place in my heart for one reason. And that was every, you know, every group of guys in, in high school, whether you play sports or you don't, I feel like, you know, when you're hanging out, you have that default, you know, back then it was DVD that you would put in and ours was varsity blues whether we were going to a party whatever we were doing beforehand when we were all together we watched that movie I could tell you every single line no less than a hundred times and so that one always has a, a special place and, and I can never discount Steam and Willie Beeman so definitely um oh, I, totally the time some cheesy I remember ones. I remember watching it in high school and thinking this is what high school should be for me right? yes <laughs> this, okay. everyone should yeah. move to Texas and play high school football yeah like I should uh, be having girls come at me with whipped cream bikinis uh, I should be like you know living almost as like adult lifestyle but you're in high school uh, <laughs> and, and yeah that that's one that is whenever I are flipping around and I come across it I'll watch it for a while definitely any other ones that are somewhat older um, I don't know if this really holds up as well, but I, it was one of my favorite movies as a kid is Gleaming the Cube. Mm, never heard of it. What is it? It's a skateboarding movie with Christian Slater as the lead. And Tony Hawk is actually in it as well. A, a young Tony Hawk uh, is one of his skateboarding friends. And it's just mostly about these guys uh, in Southern California going around looking for empty pools to skateboard in the 80s, like the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it's like that other one, uh, Lords of Dogtown, right? Or something like that. Right, right. But this is a much uh, cheesier version of that kind of era, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I, I was a big skateboarder as a kid, so I, any movie was skateboarding I like. And another big one uh, as a kid for me was Rad. Do you remember that movie? No, no, I don't. <laughs> it's a BMX movie. Okay. So it's pretty much the BMX version of Gleaming the Cube. Um, go back, definitely, and watch these movies. They're mostly uh, bad, fun watches. I love it. Um, a couple others that I think that, again, we don't have to touch on them, but we should at least mention them. Casino is, is largely related or largely thought of, of of one of the standards in the industry. Rounders, you said Ocean's Eleven, not necessarily gambling, but when you're robbing casinos, you're likely to get a, uh, a mention on this one. Um, and 21 also comes to mind of, of the MIT guys kind of, um, you know, trying to beat the house and all that with Kevin Costner. It's a very, um, much like two for the money drawn out type of, of movie of, you know, the theatrics of Hollywood definitely getting involved in that one. Um, when we talk about kind of shows or, or different movies, um, I'll talk about one that is really, um, a different version of that, that I think a lot of people haven't seen. And it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. So, um, newer ones that have come out at least for, I'm not going to limit this to at least the last year, but maybe ones that are, you know, a year or two old that people haven't seen. Um, Molly's game. Have you seen it? I love Molly's game. Yep. That one is, it's it's on HBO just about every single time I scroll through and I find myself watching it nonstop lately. Um, for anyone that's not familiar with this, Molly's Game is the story of an underground um, poker ring and the um, hostess, we shall say, the quote unquote madam, uh, who 
uh, hosts it and kind of how she navigates that world, the the ups and downs of it. It's absolutely incredible. I believe it. The original one is, um, or the the real life one is, you know, kind of credited with having, you know, some unreal celebrities: Ben Affleck, Tiger Woods, Matt Damon. You know, so there's this was the high end Hollywood um, guys that love to play poker, and she was the girl who would uh, set these games up, get these hotels, and and she was essentially the house. And I'll just read the the plot for anyone that doesn't know. True story of Molly Bloom, beautiful young Olympic class skier who ran the world's most exclusive high stakes poker game for a decade before being arrested in the middle of the night by 17 FBI agents wielding automatic weapons. Her players included Hollywood royalty, sports stars, business titans, and uh, the Russian mob. And again, not going to go too deep into it if, if people want to watch it, but one of the better uh, sports gambling movies, at least when it comes, I don't say sports gambling, but poker movies um, and gambling in general that I've probably come across at least within the last year. Yeah, it's it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who's a titan in uh, you know screenwriting world, um, and Jessica Chastain, such an amazing actor, and so, and the I think the most interesting thing about the movie to me is Michael Sarah, who is who plays uh, Player X. They never say a name, but he's supposed to be a uh, Hollywood big Hollywood young celebrity. And do you know who he's supposed to be? Wasn't it Matt Damon or Ben Affleck? It's Tobey Maguire. That's right. I knew that. Damn it. I knew that. <laughs> That's right. I, damn it. I knew that. How yep. crazy is it that Tobey Maguire this, has like such a seedy underbelly of a, a past? Yeah, and he is, I forget, he was in, um, what was the movie with? He was um, Spider-Man. No, no, no. But when he was playing... Um, um, poker in a different movie at the beginning. This is Ocean's Eleven, right? Oh, yes. Ocean's yep. Eleven. He's being taught by Brad Pitt, right, to yep. play. Yep, and it, it's crazy. And again, when you talk about the real-life guys that um, Molly had kind of come to her game, um, the the real-life you know people that they're effectively trying to tiptoe around um, depicting include, again, Aflac, Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, and again, Toby Meyer as, or Toby Maguire as Player X. So, uh, yeah, completely. Um, it's it's one of the most fascinating stuff just because it's not always you get to look at the, let's say the underbelly. It's a little bit of a too too much, but it's it's just crazy to look and get a glimpse into that world of, of kind of Hollywood's elite. Actually, I just, you know what? I think we, uh, you confused Ocean's Eleven, not to pick, nitpick, but I just went back and looked. I think it's it's Topher Grace. Oh, yeah. Not- Toby Maguire, yep, Toby right. Grace, Topher Grace, who was that '70s show. Uh, Joshua Jackson is in it from uh, Dawson's Creek, and then there's a couple other guys in there that I don't recognize even their names. Barry Watson of Seventh Heaven and Shane West of Once and Again. <laughs> don't laugh, but Shane West was uh, the guy in A Walk to Remember with Mandy Moore. I did not know that. Yep. <laughs> good, good pull. Yep. See, I'm making up for my mistake earlier. <laughs> Um, another one I wanted to ask you about, if you liked, because this one has a lot of uh, split opinions. I really enjoy it if you take it for what it is. Uh, runner, runner, Justin Timberlake, Ben Affleck. Um, number one, have you seen it? I've never seen it. Runner, runner is a look at the offshore world in the people who run offshore sports books and how they do it. Ben Affleck effectively plays this offshore kingpin. Justin Timberlake is a college kid trying to um, play online poker for tuition. He gets cheated in an online poker game. Um, you know, the guys who are writing the code for what cards were taking something out of the back end and all this type of stuff. Uh, so he flies to Costa Rica 
uh, to confront him and he is gets involved in basically the this world of offshore um, poker and offshore sports betting and kind of how it's run and, and the cat and mouse game played between the FBI and uh, people that are running offshore sports books now again Take it for what it is. Enjoy the movie. Don't try to think that this is really what happens because the theatrics of it are a little much, much like a Justin Timberlake and Ben Affleck movie tried to, um, you know, that effectively will happen. Um, but it's it's a really cool look at kind of what, you know, could be or, you know, what is going on offshore. All right. I'll definitely put it at the top of my list. That sounds interesting. Uh, do you have any uh, somewhat newer ones in terms of sports gambling movies? Movies... No, that I can not, I can think of. Um, All right, let's move on into shows. I did, yeah. TV shows, definitely. Have you watched Brockmire? I have not. Do you know what it is? I don't. Oh, man, this is a great, okay, so this is one of my favorite TV shows of the last couple of years. So Brockmire is a, it stars uh, Hank Azaria, who uh, was a, a voice in uh Everybody would recognize him when they see him, uh, but he was a voice for a lot of the Simpsons characters. Um, he plays this well-known baseball play-by-play guy who has a meltdown during a game uh, because his wife cheats on him, and then he like drops out of society for a while. And the ep- the first episode starts with uh, a minor league baseball team bringing him back from the dead so to speak to uh call their games uh they do it as a publicity stunt it's uh amanda pete uh who's a great actress she has runs this small um i think double a uh minor league team called the frackers because apparently this town has a lot of fracking <laughs> okay which uh i mean it's just an absurd comedy uh that kind of really gets into again i love the like stories about minor leagues you know um because it's kind of into the humor of minor league baseball and how they have the silly names and how they're in these small towns and hank azaria and amanda pete are just hilarious together and i I think season two which just came out not too long ago gets a little away from the minor league aspect of it it's not maybe quite as good as the first season but um it's definitely a must watch I love it. Love learning something new, man. I will definitely check that out. Um, this, I think people know this is going to come off the tip of my tongue here. Billions. To me, this show is probably the best piece of TV uh, currently on um, on Showtime. Um, Paul Giamatti, I mean, a who's who of actors, directors, and executive producers. And for anyone that's not um, familiar with it, um, Bobby Axelrod is effectively a um, capital fund or hedge fund manager. Um, and it takes a deep look into basically SEC um, rules, regulations, investigators going up against, um, you know, these guys that are effectively insider trading. And the whole show is basically about that cat and mouse uh, game between Paul Giamatti and Bobby Axelrod. It's, it's absolutely out of this world. There's so many different reasons why I love it. There's, you know, look of the, you know, the high end, you know, capitalists, all that type of stuff, um, into, you know, their day-to-day lives. But that cat and mouse game can obviously be likened to a sports gambler. Um, and you know what people, people often ask me why I got into this kind of full time and why, um, I started doing it. 
in number one, the biggest difference of uh, sport of sports gambling and uh, stockbroking or, or this type of stuff is insider trading is not only legal, but encouraged in sports gambling. <laughs> and what you have such an advantage um, over stuff that is, you know, when it's done on the quote unquote up and up in, in that stock market world. Um, and it's just really, you can really make that connection with it. It's probably my favorite piece of, of my favorite TV show of all time is Billions. Yeah. So that's one that I, I have sadly never watched it's on my list of like must get to binge tv shows that i've kind of been like i have i have certain shows that i kind of save for myself to just like rip through yeah when uh like my wife is gone for the weekend or something like that and that's been on my list um i'm curious to think have you watched succession on hbo um i have not yet but i have seen it like seen the previews for it and stuff of the trailers I've heard some uh, interesting, I've heard people who've watched that and Billions, uh, they're different. I mean, they're kind of in the same world, like the higher end, you know, millionaire, billionaire world of New York City. Yep. Um, and I love Secession, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch Billions at some point. Do you have another TV show? Uh, yeah. So I, I just, this has nothing to do with uh, sports gambling or uh, anything of that world, but uh, we just ripped through last night. Russian Doll. Have you heard of this show? Yeah, it's effectively Netflix's version of that sh- that movie, um, Happy Death Day. Right? It's about somebody who basically keeps dying over and over. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, but it goes into at first. You know, I'm like, is this just like a hipster version of Groundhog's Day? But it is that but it goes into <laughs> so many different tangents yep and uh natasha leone is great in it and i think that she's just an awesome comeback i love a, a good comeback story uh in life you know and so you know she was like a a, a child actor teen actor who you know did the cliche thing of like getting heavily into drugs and making a lot of bad choices I mean thought she was just going to kind of disappear forever like a lot of teen actors do but she's really you know made a comeback in her career with you know uh, orange is the new black and now she created this show she stars in it she writes it and uh it's just it's really solid uh, my wife and i watched the whole series it's eight episodes half an hour each watched the whole series last night um it's definitely uh, it, it's great um a couple other I wanted to get into. You watched True Detective? Yes. Season one was my standard of television up until I saw season one of Billions. Season two, I was out. Season three, I am back in. Same. Same. I think that's uh, the general consensus amongst amongst people that that kind of loved it. Um, they're not connected, so you don't have to watch season two. There are three different stories for anyone that hasn't watched it yet. Um, absolutely. You can totally can totally skip season two. Although one of my friends claims that if you get really stoned and watch season two, it's actually good. It's ironic <laughs> that we're talking about gambling movies in season two that is about essentially poker and and, and gambling, and we're like, yeah, no, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, season two is is just as good as season one is. Season two is is equally as bad. So season one is probably my number two um, all time uh, TV show of all time. Or season one, sorry. And one of my all-time favorites, which is not new, but it is I just started rewatching again because it's 
the 20th anniversary is Sopranos. Yep. Never, never will. Um, can't go wrong with Sopranos. Very yeah. obvious. Oh, and it, it's crazy. Like I, I just started watching season one again. And I remember the first time I watched it, this was probably one of the first shows. It probably was the first show I binge watched. You know, this was back when, um, when you were still getting Netflix DVDs in the mail. Um, and my girlfriend, my college girlfriend and I at the time, uh, would get these Sopranos DVDs and just rip through them, eat Italian food and drink red wine. <laughs> and now I'm going back and watching them. And I remember back then thinking when I was, I was probably like 20, 21, uh, watching these. And I remember thinking how much older Tony Soprano felt, how much, you know, old, like I didn't think of him as a young man, even though he's like younger than a lot of the characters that he is in charge of. It didn't seem like that big of a stretch to me. And I started watching it and I realized like Tony Soprano when he starts the show is the same age I am now. And he feels like so much more accomplished. I feel like such like a, like it's just pale in comparison to what he does by the age of 40 in that show. Yeah. Right. And for, again, not to, for anyone that hasn't seen it, um, between the two of them, true detective is effectively, uh, Matthew Connie and Woody Harrelson going on the search of, of a, a crazy case and, and crazy, uh, killer and Sopranos, obviously the story of Tony Soprano running the, uh, mafia and mob and, and kind of his trials and tribulations, navigating that in family life and in all things, um, mafia related. And yeah, certainly he's, it's, he ends up kind of being the head of the New Jersey family yeah and it's again i feel like a, just about everyone have seen that but this is if you're looking for something to binge you definitely cannot go wrong with sopranos one of the all-time greats another one that i don't think gets a little gets a, a little bit underrated because the later seasons have kind of gotten away from what the show was there for uh ray donovan was is and still is my one of my favorite shows as well ray donovan um is a hollywood fixer um going around kind of when an nfl player wakes up dead or wakes up with a dead hooker in his bed, they call Ray Donovan and the show's premise when it started was kind of building that. And it has a lot of you know ties to Boston and the character Ray Donovan is from Boston with his family. So I, I was obviously naturally gravitated towards it, but it takes place in LA. It's about a Hollywood fixer. That's really what season one is about is just independent episodes of him kind of, you know, fixing a stalker for a pop star and, and all this type of stuff. And as you go through it, and as you get through the seasons, it shifts a little bit more and puts more focus on the character itself and kind of his family life and, and all that type of stuff. So it's a little bit, um, it changes, but it's definitely one that is still worth, at least when you make it to what is left, um, keeping up with, I think. Yeah. So I watched, uh, I think I watched the first three seasons of Ray Donovan. And I, I got to say, like, I love Liev Schreiber, the main actor. Yep. And But I feel like when I was watching it, it felt like a, it felt like a slightly worse version of The Sopranos to me. Uh, yeah, like, it was a little bit younger. It was going for a younger, hipper version of kind of a different way to to show that side. I think as well. Yeah, but it's a good one. Where I think you it, you can kind of you can watch it. You can it. To me, it didn't feel like a a real thinker. You know what I mean? You can kind of like turn off your brain and watch it and have fun. Just you know. Uh, enjoying uh, what this world of Hollywood fixing might look like. 
the next one I want to bring up, uh, mostly because it is so closely tied to the gambling community of how this show will end. Um, I've never seen a show really captivate gamblers this way. Every gambler I know is in love with Game of Thrones. Are you a Game of Thrones guy? I'm absolutely a Game of Thrones guy. All right, good. Talk about it. I mean, (laughs) it's arguably the best. I think it's arguably the best TV show of all time. Yeah. It, um... I mean, the world it creates, the depth of characters it goes into, um, the competitive nature of rooting for different characters and uh, the surprises of never knowing like who's going to die. They have no qualms about killing off major characters uh, in gruesome, horrible ways. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's great nudity. And... <laughs> uh, it, and there's, I love that there's even odds now on who's going to ultimately win. We're going into the last season. Who's going to sit on the Iron Throne? That was my question. Who would you bet? I already bet, and I bet Bran. I got it at plus 300 and, uh, and a little bit of uh, some movement in my way. So I bet Bran. I went off script. I, again, by no means have any detail into this. That is, I don't think anybody does unless you're a part of that show. But I bet Bran, and I believe he's currently listed as like a plus 110 favorite right now. Yeah, so I saw that. Now, that really surprises me. That, that makes me think there's some like insider knowledge there because he – you know, if if you watched the last season and not hopefully, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, like spoilers here, but he doesn't seem like he's setting himself up to even want the Iron Throne. He's yeah, like, a lot a of people look at it as a demotion for him. Right. What's that? A lot of people look at it as it would effectively be a demotion for him. Right. Exactly. And then there's theories that um, he's also the Night King. Yep. Seen that. And one. there's odds on the Night King. So if you. I mean, I don't even know how that is going to work if they end up being the same character. (laughs) You win both bets. (laughs) I know, right? I mean, this is what you get with novelty bets, and I'm sure uh, odds makers of Offshore Worlds phones are going to be ringing off the hook if that situation shows itself as well. Okay, so you like Brandon. um, What would be, like, currently... What would be a best, like, just with the odds right now? I mean, the obvious one is what, John Stone as the quote-unquote rightful heir, right? Um, yeah. I mean, let me let me bring these odds up right now. Thrones to win Iron Throne. All right, here we are. So, so at this, this article was written about four months ago. So again, I'm, I'm sure odds have changed. I know that they have because Bran was at this time, Bran was three and a half to one. And, and now he is the favorite. Um, Daenerys Targaryen, Cersei, or I'm sorry. Yeah. Daenerys Targaryen, two to one. Jon Snow, two to one. Bran was three to one. Night King, 10 to one. Tyrion, 12 to one. Cersei, 15 to one. Jamie Lannister, 15 to one. Um, anyone else you want to know? I have heard some off the wall theories about uh, Gendry at 75 to one as well. Yeah, no, I mean, so, hey, why not put a couple dollars on Gendry? You know, this show is known for surprising people and uh, shocking. So, you know, he has King's blood in him. So uh, why not? You know, you can see that coming out of left field. Um, I still feel like and maybe this is just what I want to happen, but I still feel like Daenerys is going to win. Yep. 
I mean, mean, it's they effectively, I guess, could rule it as king and queen, although, um, spoiler alert, uh, they're they're related, so it's a little bit of a weird situation currently going on right now. So they definitely could, um, I guess, be king and queen, and I don't know, again, how they would pay that out. This is going to be a really weird bet if, you know, what the show is known for comes true and there's something weird that happens towards the end. So um, bet with caution, but yeah, you you can't go wrong with with either of the two favorites in um, Daenerys and Jon Snow. I think putting your money on Cersei or... Um, just the ultimate non-happy ending and Cersei rules the land. I love it. Well, I mean, I, I, I think that's throwing away their money. I don't think there's any way to end the show with Cersei or Jamie sitting on the iron throne. I mean, I could, I could be totally wrong, but I think that's throwing away your money. I could, I could see a world where Tyrion is, is on the iron throne, but again, I don't even think he would want that, you know? Yeah, and have you seen? Uh, again, we can wrap up Game of Thrones talk here, as we sound like a couple of nerds. But the prequel for Game of Thrones in the works in production, I think I saw as well. Yeah, I'm stoked. I've, I, I'm, I've never been a big uh, fantasy fiction guy. You know, um, you know, I didn't grow up uh, loving, uh, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings or anything like that. Yeah. But this show has made me go back. I've read all the novels. I've read like the side books so you know the the world of uh what was the last one that came out um the you know just kind of like the world of rest westeros and, and and like kind of the history of it like the fact that it goes so deep where these there's hundreds and thousands of years of history <laughs> like fictionalized history that goes into just knowing the show is i mean that's why it's so amazing it's so the the depth of of content is you can go on forever. Totally agree. All right, man. Um, some other stuff that's out there. I, I touched on the the show that, or the movie that is um, really the somewhat of a real life uh, version of the the movie Twenty One. Have you ever heard of Holy Rollers, the true story of card counting Christians? No. Yeah. So this is a real life documentary. It was at the Seattle Film Festival, I believe, in 2011. It's one of my favorite uh, movies out there. Honestly, it's the real life. Um, they effectively, I don't know how they took this. A lot of it's done through hidden cameras and, and stuff like that. There's a group of Christians who um, come together and they're on a blackjack team. Come in and they. It's the real life story. These aren't actors. These are the actual people. And kind of shows you how they um, use their blackjack team in Las Vegas while being devout Christians and kind of everything that they go through. And the story that they show is it's so crazy. And then the things that they say of how, um, you know, we're, we're taking the money out of people who aren't going to do good things with it. And we're giving it back to our church and um, how Jesus would want them to be happy and, and have all this money. It's it's one of the most wild shows or movies, I should say, you'll ever see. It's called Holy Rollers. Okay, I'll definitely watch it. <laughs> I think another on sports documentaries, you know, I think the thirty for thirty uh, small potatoes who killed the USFL. Yep, uh, is especially poignant right now with Trump as our president and uh, these, you know, the the XFL supposedly coming back next year and the alliance uh, starting now. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, it is especially pertinent you know now it makes a ton of sense i mean vince I, vince mcmahon's wife is um on the board or cabinet of donald trump so again uh, all that inside stuff some other documentaries um like the 30 for 30 you said i'll just run through these quick the 60 minutes billy walters episode is must watch if you're a sports gambler a couple other ones um that are called these are available 
Hulu, YouTube, you're going to have to do some digging to maybe find some of these. Um, now place your bets, life on the line, best of it. Um, and the line, and we'd probably be remiss if we didn't at least say, talk about the upcoming Showtime documentary on sports gambling and prominent uh, Las Vegas uh, sports betters that is coming to fruition. Um, this is the uh, I don't know how do I want to word this. Um, the, the people involved in this um, who they follow in Las Vegas include Kelly in Vegas, Dave Koken, R.J. Bell, Vegas Dave, um, and guys that have kind of a um, let's say let's say controversial, but um, people feel specific ways about some of those guys mentioned. And so it's the same kind of guys that you've seen on the other documentaries that I mentioned. But you do have some new content coming literally to Showtime um, regarding sports gambling. I believe it's called Action um, that is coming very soon. Oh, that sounds like a massage for sure. Um, anything else, man, anything else yeah, we, we touched on so many, I can always go kind of rapid fire. Um, I'll go kind of rapid fire, give you your rapid fire of anything else, if there is any, and then we'll kind of close up shop here. Um, shameless is always good. If you want to look at your phone and laugh and, and not, um, have to take things too seriously. House of cards is probably the opposite of that. You need to kind of watch that. Um, very crazy things, um, obviously go on with that one. Um, and I think that's really, I mean, entourage always will stand the, the test of time on HBO as well. Um, but those are kind of the last of, of things that I think at least deserve mention if you have anything else. Uh, yeah, quick fire. Uh, just the last uh, sports documentary I'll throw out there is Murder Ball, which is, uh, have you watched that? So I was kind of looking through some things as I was searching for ones that I haven't seen. And, and I saw that one on every single list, I on every single website that documented sports movies. And I haven't seen it yet. I was just looking at it today. It's it's just yeah it's one of the sport, best sports documentaries I've ever seen. It's about the U.S. Uh, quad rugby team, which who even knew that was a thing until this movie came out? Uh, that you can play rugby in wheelchairs, and they have these specially made wheelchairs that can take all these like crazy hits. And the guy's stories are just like some of the most inspiring and just the some of the best characters you'll ever see in a documentary. So that's definitely a must watch. Um, and then just quick rapid fire on any others I had written down, uh, killing, uh, killing Eve, which is on Hulu. Uh, definitely watch that. You'll rip through it. Um, the wire yep. on HBO, uh, just such a great world to get caught up in. And this is pretty much all I wrote down. We got to, yeah, the wire for anyone that doesn't know, basically the Baltimore drug scene and is pretty much was, was still is, um, maybe outside of game of Thrones and Sopranos is one of the top three TV shows in history. So can never, um, go wrong with the wire much like Sopranos as well. Um, I kind of, that'll kind of wrap things up, man. I, I cannot thank you enough uh, for taking the time and kind of go through some stuff to, to get us through this, uh, trying time. If basketball is not your thing, or again, when basketball is on a little bit of a hiatus, if you have a, a you know, three slate college basketball night and, and a bad NBA one. There's other options out there for you. Take some time, recharge. And again, senior digital producer of the Late Late Show, Ryan McKee. You can find him on Twitter at the Ryan McKee. Anything else you um, want to plug? Of course, I went into detail about um, kind of, you know, what you're going to be doing for sportsgamingpodcast.com and, and the written side of stuff. But anything else, please, you have the floor, man. And again, can't thank you enough. Uh, no, this has been really fun. Um, I mean, that's the only thing I would like to promote is uh, sports gambling podcast blog. Um, I, we're really looking to grow this community. We want people, we want readers, we want listeners, we want fans to reach out, tell us what you want us to cover. 
you know, be vocal in it and we'll do our best. Um, I really feel like this is an exciting world right now for sports gambling editorial. And, you know, we're moving away from the same old cliches of sports journalism that get so boring sometimes to read and, um, you know, we'll certainly break down the numbers for you, but we'll, you know, do our best to also have fun with uh, certain storylines and, you know, uh, just kind of the absurdity of gambling in general. I love it, man. And again, everything available on sportsgamingpodcast.com from myself, the other team of writers are, are certainly going to be ramping up uh, the written side of stuff as well as the podcasting. So, so again, man, so happy to have you on board and thank you for taking the time and we'll talk soon, man. Mm-hmm.